All right, so we are ready to roll. Hey, what's going on, Phil? Not much, man. Welcome back to the house. I am excited. We have a new neighbor that is stopping by today. It's almost just every week. We should or every other week for a neighbor. Every you know, other usually. week. Well, yeah. it feels like every week because we're always talking about the next neighbor. Who's the next neighbor? And it's it's exciting. I I can't really wait to to get to talk to him. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Well, hello, all you loyal neighbors out there, land of the YouTube and the talk and the Snapchat and the whatever. I don't know. The, I was trying to do what Philip does. Now you you're know. just making fun of me. <laughs> yeah. All right. All of you on the interwebs out there, welcome the neighbors to knock. Thank welcome you so much for Welcome to the online. In. Thank you for the going online. on the line. On the uh, line. On the line. Well, well done. Well done. Good job. A little Vince Vaughn in you still. I know, I right? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I did there. I see what I do. No, see I, I'm so excited. How have you doing? You've been good, right? This week has been I've great been for well. you. Yeah. yeah, it's been okay. a good week so far. Thanks for asking. Well, How are you? I, you know, living the dream, man. Living the oh, dream. That's good. So, I, well, so, so, so cheers. You brown in your hand. Yeah, I know exactly, right? Cheers. I know. I'll take I'll take a little sip. But we do have a great guest here today. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, we do. And I'm going to get right to it. I don't want to waste any time. Um, he is Houston's youngest restaurateurs and developing hospitality icon here in our own hometown. Right here. Right I here. I, I love that you mix young and restaurateur and icon because I think this guy truly has become an actual icon here in Houston in a very short Amount of time, very short order. Well, he's no stranger to Houston. He was born and raised right here. Uh, he's a proud graduate of the University of Houston, Conrad N. Hilton College of Hotel and Restaurant Management. So a very, very great program right here in Houston. Um, he's always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and in fact, he started his own pressure washing company at 14, and his catering company then, uh, Wolf & Wine, at 20, and his first restaurant at 26. Okay. So you can kind of you you see the trend happening here. A hardworking. Yeah, honestly, now I'm depressed because like, <laughs> you're like, what did I do with my life? That's pretty much more than I've done <laughs> in 42 years. By the time the dude was 22, great, thanks, thanks, Brian. That's no awesome. problem. He's he's had a, a heck of a ride. Um, he's had a very incredible. Um, experience through his years, and he's going to share uh, some of the good, the bad, and the ridiculous with us. Um, you know, he now has his own business. He's principal and owner of City Cellars Restaurant right here in Houston, Texas. And we just want to welcome Mr. Daniel Wolf. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to be here. No Thank problem. No problem. Show. Well, cheers, cheers, cheers. I cheers. just, I have to say it three times for all three of us. No, so we want to welcome you. Raise a glass. And cheers, we can raise sir. the glass. I know. Cheers to that. Exactly. So we're so happy to have you. Well, thank oh. you all again. Absolutely. Indeed. And, and congratulations on all of your successes. Brian just read your introduction, your bio. And, I, I had to trim some of the some of the stuff. I, I otherwise oh, we God. wouldn't we wouldn't have been talking to Daniel. You had to well, trim some of the well, stuff. Well, because we wouldn't be talking to Daniel, we'd be reading his resume, and then we, we just need to make sure that we we yeah. we, we get to our LinkedIn.com. <laughs> it's okay. The resume I paid someone to write anyway, so don't there worry you about go. that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like, yeah, I didn't do. I got a marketing guy. I didn't do that. half like, of that stuff. It's like 14. I don't know where he came up with that number. <laughs> exactly. No, we're fine. We're fine. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so you you're born and raised right here in Houston. What what part of Houston for yeah, all so, of our uh, local people? Born and raised uh, out in Missouri City, Sugarland area. Oh, yeah, so okay. Out, out I, I lived out in the Sugarland area yeah, for so, like 20 years, or I guess my folks. Yeah. So out in the su- out in the suburbs, uh, moved into the city uh, back in about 2010, 2011. Uh, my first, you know, I lived at UH uh, in the dorms and then uh, moved over to NRG area, uh, stumbling distance from the rodeo. There, you, Yeah, um, that, you, that's not bad. Well, and when Astroworld was there. Well, right. Yeah, when Astroworld was there. But yeah, I, if you were you an know, Astroworld fan, go oh, to theme parks. Love that. I rem- Did you? You were, you were. I remember my mom, I think it was in fifth grade, and my mom came up to school one day and she pulled me out of class and she was like, Daniel, you have a doctor's appointment. And I'm like. No, I don't. I don't. I feel fine. I. It's not my birthday, so I know I don't have a physical. And she's like, she's like, she's like. That's what we say when we get older now, right? right? Yeah, it's like, like my birthday. Well, I, I'm like, no, I haven't had my physical yet. I'm terrified of doctors. So my mom's, you know, she's talking to me. She's like, you have a doctor's appointment, and she and she's like, just shut up and nod, damn it. And I'm over here like, uh-huh, okay, yes, mom, yes, mom. And she's like, all right, let's go to lunch in Astroworld. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah that's like, the best. I'm, I'm just like, what did I do? I know. Oh, man, you have the coolest mom. Yeah, one, yeah. best mom ever. Yeah. And two, sorry, mom. Maybe not so <laughs> much. To I my mean, mom. <laughs> you equate your birthday at a young age with physicals? I'm not sure, dude. Was it, that like, happy it, birthday, time to get a checkup. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, look, that's a Jewish mother for you. Ah, you know, I mean, okay, they're fair full enough. of worry. You know, I mean, I stand up funny, and it's like, all right, let's go. Are you good? Like, no, no, I'm great. I'm great yeah. over here. See, the yeah. Catholic mother that I have was very different about that. <laughs> so yeah. so we didn't quite, was like, ah, he'll be fine. Yeah. The Jewish mother's like, eight years old, time to check the prostate, Daniel. <laughs> exactly. No, Let's exactly. call doctor, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, literally, it's nonstop. It's like, are you okay? Was your, was you your okay? dad a worrier too? Or I mean, or it was just, um, just more of your mom? I think my mom is definitely more the worrier. Okay. Uh, but, you know, she definitely means well. But at the same time, it's like sometimes, you know, she'll go with me to my doctor's appointments. And it's just like, Mom, we didn't talk about you asking that question. <laughs> You're like, four, like 14 years old. She's still in the room. You're like, no, Mom, really? You can wait out in the, in yeah. the hallway yeah. now. It's, it's like, I just need my Xanax. Leave me alone, and we're good, okay? What happened like, to doctor-patient confidentiality? Daniel, Daniel, he said turn your head and cough. I expect a real cough. No, literally. It, I mean, but, it, you know, we'll get into that later. But uh, absolutely, you know, it's just like, shit. So okay, so born and raised here in Houston, you you know a lot about the city. Yes. Um, did you ever have any plans or dreams when you got older uh, to go somewhere else, or was it always just I'm gonna stay here, go to U of H, go to school here? Did it all just work out that way, or did you um, ever have any grand thoughts of like uh, like the dream? What was the dream when you were growing up? I mean, you have a, you know to you be, always had a lot of businesses. It looked yeah, like to be honest, you know, um, I. I've always wanted to travel. You know, I grew up very fortunate. I've been able to travel to plenty of countries. I mean, we've gone all over the world. You know, my passport looks, you know, it's stamped on half the damn pages. And Wearing out pages or right. falling that's apart. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, like bra- that's like bragging and, rights. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, you know, whereas a lot of kids and a lot of people my age, they're like, I haven't even been on a plane. You know, and we've, I've been to, you know, I've I've been to the Middle East. I've been to Aruba. I've been to Spain. I was just saying, fav- what, what do you have a favorite country or favorite um, favorite area? Say favorite area. 
That's a great question. I think for me, I would say probably either the Middle East or um, or Greece. Oh, oh yeah. Neither place ever goes to the doctor, so that makes sense. <laughs> well, that, but <laughs> you also, go. you know, I think the reason why is warm just, weather. You know, like Texas, you can go from winter to winter to summer in the same state. Right. And in the Middle East, you can do the same thing. And, you know, okay. in Greece, you can do the same thing. The architecture, the people, it, Oh, the history. Yeah, the history. That's unreal. Yeah. You know, a little unlike Texas. Right. They, they yeah. win in terms of culture. Yeah, absolutely. History you know, is so a couple thousand years old. I mean, I, we have um, culture now. We just don't have deep now, roots far, like Greece. It, exactly. <laughs> now, as far as going to UH, you know, so that was, I think, um, I think that was a unintentional accident, so to speak. So I graduated high school at 16, um, you know, two years early. Wow. And... I now, was that by design, or was that just because you were just sailing through? That was because I was in the principal's office consistently, and <laughs> they I, were trying to get you out the well, door. So, yeah, you know, I was in the principal's <laughs> office. I went to a rehab boarding school, and it was a teacher teach yourself type situation. Gotcha. So I actually dropped out of school in the sixth grade, um, and then I did private prep school in Sugarland for six, or sorry, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and I did that in one year. I did seventh, eighth, and ninth in one year. And I did, and then I went, I ended up going to this boarding school rehab facility and I did 10th, 11th and 12th in a year and a half. And literally I'm sitting there after graduating 12th grade, like bored out of my mind, repeating courses. And, um, it was, I was 16 when I left, I came home and I told my parents, you know, I don't want to lose this desire to learn. I don't want to, I don't think I should Oh, so you were passionate about actual learning you enjoyed it you weren't just trying to get through everything okay i was passionate about it what i wasn't passionate about was the bullshit and so i talked to my parents and i said how about this i graduated two years early you give me two years i knock out one year of college from there i applied to uh i looked at uh, university of arizona and i looked at uh back when i first applied to school i was always interested in supply chain management and i've always been fascinated how when you order off Amazon, how in the hell does it get to you? You know, how does a how does this get from China to me in two 30, days? In, not even right, right in you <laughs> no. know thirty six hours when the flight is twelve. Yeah, brother, right? I, I can relate. I've got an operations background, so yeah, and so hundred you know, percent relate. Well, I went through my first semester. I was miserable. I was failing all of my classes. I wanted to beat my head into a wall if I saw another barcode. You know, I was, it was not what I enjoyed. And I was like, but I thought that's what it is. So that's when my friend, he uh, went to lunch with me. He was a, he was one of my fraternity brothers. He said, hey, skip your class. I'm like, I got a test. He's like, great, you're failing anyway. Skip your damn test. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, well, you're motivational, aren't you? You're just helping the other guys on the curve. <laughs> we all love realists in our lives, yeah. you know? And, and, we all love you know, realists. Yeah, he just looks at me. He's like, were you going to pass it anyways? And I was like, no. Yeah, good point. Right. So I'm like, all right, fine. You're buying lunch. So he took me over to the Hilton College, gave me a tour. Uh, I sat in on a couple classes. And when I tell you I'm close with my mom, I mean, I am a mama's boy, 100%. I talk to my mom about every major decision. I'm like, mom, what do I do about this? What's your input? You know, blah, blah, blah. When I tell you I didn't talk to my mom and I changed my major in college and I said, screw the other credits I already took. This I is didn't, like huge. Like, yeah, that's a huge yeah. deal. So... Fast forward, you know, I changed my major to hotel restaurant management. I didn't realize until my senior year 
Hotel restaurant management is the exact same thing as supply chain management. The difference is people and a personal level. Because in supply chain, I'm talking about how did this box go from China to you? Versus how did this space turn into a five-star restaurant? Or how did this ballroom turn into an elegant wedding, you know, with chandeliers and draping and, you know, king crab? How did that happen? That really kind of ignited my passion for the hospitality industry. I mean, that that's fair enough to say. And and I am weak. I can relate uh, as far as I'm sitting in front of a computer with no people. I like working with people. Right. I, again, I, I didn't go to school originally to become an actor. I just... No, my path led me that way, you know, so it's just I I love human behavior. I love that. Switching my major was the best decision I ever made in college. One thousand percent. I think that was the best decision I made in college. The only actually, you know what? Second best decision. First first best decision was getting my dog. So. Oh, and and dog's name is Shiner Bach. Shiner Bach. Oh, okay. Like that. She is my eight year old Siberian Husky. Oh, she's still with us. Okay. Great. She's, uh, she's, well, she's, is she with Mama Wolf right now? She's with Mama Wolf. Okay. And, you know, I didn't know it was okay that I said that. uh, Oh, no, no. (laughs) I am freaked out right now. (laughs) We, so Mama Wolf, Miss Tammy, or Mama Chef, she's the same person. But uh, that's their grandkid. Okay, okay. Now, yeah, now, yeah. now I'm piecing it together. Yeah. All right. that, yeah. that's I thought up. this was Are some kind up? of like modern dog ownership <laughs> lingo. No, uh, no, no. He knows that I, know I have about. dogs. I'm like, oh yeah, Mama Wolf. Um, I'll tell you what. Like just, Googling it. Listen, Wikipedia is just, like. Yeah. Just take a trip to PetSmart. They have a nice display board up front. You'll be fine. Yeah, you're yeah. good. If you, need any, if you need any help, just ask any of the people there. we should a couple years. I actually should have just let you do that. I should just let you go to the corner and just Google it. Google Mama then, Wolf on Wikipedia. Yeah, just, just, just put his history on camera and call exactly. it a day. Yeah. He's all, like, all his wacky porn images are yeah. coming up. Like, just what just see what he comes back with and be oh. like, and just smile and nod. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> just be, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh-huh. You, you got it, man. Way, right? way to go, Philip. I, I will say this real quick. Be, uh, I will say this. There was a, a time, and I, and, and I love Philip for this, but if you if you can figure out a way to blow his mind, it just, because he says he doesn't believe in coincidence. <laughs> so... And, I don't. And there was a there was a short story, real quick, that I didn't no get to tell thing. this. I didn't get to tell this on one of our other our shows. There was a time that I met a friend of his that he worked with, and it was pure coincidence. Honestly, I I, I worked with his daughter so at, at a theater. <laughs> exactly, and we figured out that we knew the same person, and okay. so and he Philip just happened to text me, so we decided to just stand next to each other and, mess with and him. just mess with him. And we were sending texts back and forth, you know, and, and he, we could tell he almost pieced it together, but then we were, no, like, I did, but then I talked but, myself out of yeah, it like because, a moron because we were, we were that good, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> Love that. and he's like, what? And we're, and we are cracking up. I mean, we're like, we're just like, Oh man, because we know like the way the Philip is mine is just going, what? How do you know this person? Right, right, yeah, right. You know? yeah. he, he's <laughs> trying. He's trying to piece it together. He's got a logical thing, and he's like, "No, that's not. No, 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 no. That's oh, not yeah. it. That no. was as soon as you said the. When I saw the look on his face, and we said, "Mama Wolf," and you started talking. That's exactly like, what what came into my head right he's, there. He's googling. He's like, what? He's, he's, like, like, <laughs> he's like, "Mama Wolf, Mama Wolf." Urban Dictionary. What? Oh dear God! I I am scared to look that up. Totally. Some, no, sometimes mom sends me things, and I'm like, mother. Oh, mother. 
<laughs> Why are you sending right. this to me? Like, there's a line, mom. And sometimes just, you cross the line. Just you because know? I partake in what that says does not mean we can yeah. talk about Close, it. Close, but not that close. <laughs> no, right? no, absolutely. That's like the original sorry, not sorry, right? It's like, mom, no, exactly. close, not that close. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. Combining years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales, CNG offers big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit their Facebook page or email them directly at admin at cngcommunications.com. I love that you were finding ways to to really stimulate your your drive. Definitely, you know, I I think that's I think it's lost on a lot of people because we we feel like oh I I don't know what to to really do with that. Um, but you've gone through now you you got out of school at a relatively young age. Mm-hmm. You've got to do a lot of traveling, which I think is is amazing. I hope that you still continue to travel today. You know, it's a it's a little bit harder just. Being an owner operator, um, I want to travel, but you know it's hard. Of I go away and something happens, I'm not here to take care of it. Th- does that make you kind of worry? I mean, I mean, I know we're going to get into kind of the business side of stuff, but does that always make you feel like you can't take a, a vacation now, more or less? Um, more or less, kind of. You know, there are times where it's like, "Hey, I'm going on a date. Leave me alone." Mm-hmm. Three minutes later. The restaurant's on fire. Shit. Now, are you picturing the worst? Like when you see a text come across when you're when you know you're having like a good time well, or so, downtime. You know, like, like it's like I'm getting text. I'm having a good time, and someone's texting me. I don't know something wrong. It's got to be so something wrong. I tell my staff, and they're pretty respectful about this, especially after you know after I took leave. You know, they're like, "Hey guys, I'm going home. Leave me alone." One, two, and three are the only people who should text me. And so if I get a text from them, that was I'm, my like, question. I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you What's have, on so you, fire? So you yeah. have your people you know, that will punch through no matter what. That if well, they punch through, correct. you know. So like the, Got pe- it. the people who like, when I set my phone to do not disturb, it is my head chef, Antoinette, my bar manager, Danae, my mom, and my best friend. I knew your mom was on there. I knew. And literally it is like, those are my four people. If one of them is calling me. Of course Mama Wolf is it's, on that. It's, yeah. it, it's like. Ah, shit. What? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Who you know, died? And, yeah. Well, and my favorite thing to tell my staff is like, all right, guys, I am going to leave. What do we do if the building catches fire? Tell- Call 911. <laughs> I was about to say, what See, do we do? I, I'm, not, I'm not one that was like, wait, I should know the answer to this. What <laughs> do we do after we call 911? Insurance's number is on the board. You know, and so it's one of those things. It's just like I'm learning slowly to. But this goes back to that point that you were talking about uh, the the side of working with people that you have to kind of take with a grain of salt because, right. well, you, know, and, you that... know, it's the people that I hire. I have the utmost respect for. I mean, the people I the people I hire, like. So when I interview people, I don't do a normal interview. I don't care what your experience is. You know, I don't I don't care what your favorite color is you know it's a lot of interviews that you have in corporate you know they're talk about you know what's your experience what's your weakness what's your biggest strength where do you right? see yourself in five right? years like, listen, oh god listen. i hated that one i always hate that it's one the worst i don't give a shit because quite frankly where i saw myself in five years five years ago is not here 
you know, it's right. I'd like I, to I, think that most I, people I, are like that, or I'd you know, like to think that in a in a positive way. Right, but I had hopes, I had dreams, but did I think this was going to happen at this age? No, but when I hire people, I say, "Look, what's your name? Cool. I got three rules: show up on time, don't lie to me, be a team player." Every single person I hire, I don't care what position it is. I don't care if it's dishwasher. I don't care if it's server. I don't care if it's line cook. Once you pass my interview, you're hired. I, I like you know? I like that those three too because it to me showing up on time, especially these days, feels very. I I don't know what what's it, happened. It, it, it feels like it's relaxed. kind of yes, it's so relaxed. I'm, I'm like it's look. I tell my staff, I'm like, I expect you to be straight with me. You know, I demand that. And it's like, listen, I'm a chill, relaxed person. If you are straight up with me and you're like, dude, I did this podcast last night. I got hammered and I'm hungover as shit. My alarm went off at 10 o'clock and now I'm supposed to be here at nine. My bad. All right, bro. Go pick up a Pedialyte. We all get yeah. one. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but, but as like, long as it's not a reoccurring but, type yeah. of thing. But right. Like, if you tell me, hey, Daniel, oh, my God, there's a wreck on 45. You know, the first thing I'm doing is pulling up Transtar. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm pulling up the cameras and there's not a wreck on 45. Like, so not only did you, are you late? You fly, you lied to me. You know, that's where I'm like, listen, if you're straight up with me, I don't give a shit. You know, and yeah, life happens. And, you know, right? I, I tell my employees, that I'm like, look, you overslept. You got lucky last night and you decided to, you know, do some stuff in the morning. Don't care. Good for you. But don't lie to me. Tell me, hey. I went home last night with this chick. Um, my bad. I overslept. All right. Whatever. I don't care. You know, like, I'll see you in 30 minutes. Okay, cool. If you're straight with me, I'm straight with you. I was living in Ithaca, New York in the early 2000s. And I, I'm sorry. I worked for, I know. I know. <laughs> Believe me. It's, I got it's a, lot. a very mixed bag of emotions when, I he, got, bring, when he brings it is, up it Ithaca. Is. It's kind of like, oh, cool. And then the other half is like, no, oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got a lot of great things out of Ithaca. Um, getting out of there was a great thing that I got out of Ithaca. But uh, one of one of the great things I got, I was selling computers for Best Buy. And oh my, boy! Yeah, yeah. And my my GM Ron Bailey, Ron, God bless you. If you're still around, hope you have that lighter I bought you, buddy. Um, Wait, subscribe to the podcast. Ron Ron Bailey, <laughs> trick knee, big guy, huge belly, used to scream across. Godfrey, you gotta sell broadband. That was a big thing back then. Was selling okay. broadband, right? <laughs> printer paper. God damn it, Godfrey! If they buy a printer, they need paper, <laughs> right? Love it. <laughs> when I was interviewing with him for the job to sell computers for this guy, right? It's like a you know minimum wage part time job. Right. He's just grilling me, just grilling me, right? And at the end of it, he goes, Godfrey, I think you got the job. I'm gonna tell you one thing. You're early nine times out of ten. That one time you're late, I'm going to believe you. You're late nine times out of ten. You're full of shit and you're fired. Yeah. No, and, you know, like, and that, that's my well, Fair enough, is, right? Like, yeah. You know, and I Straight my, shooter. No, yeah. I, I tell my staff that. I'm like, guys, there is no reason. You have lived in Houston how many years? You have had a kid. How many years? You've had a dog. How many years? So right. you, know you, that know it takes, you know that it takes time for them to... You know that if it's raining... You know that they're not going to go pee, so you know that you have to take oh, yeah. longer. You know, oh, yeah. so you telling me that it was raining and you, I don't buy that. On the flip side of the restaurant, I own a catering business. You don't get to be late with catering. So okay, so managing people. I mean, we're, we're talking about all the ins and outs and the intricacies of, of basically 
human personality, especially Western worker personalities and younger people, because you do a lot of young people, yeah. I assume, in your job. And that's really hard, right? I, I want to know, though, I, I'm the timeline guy of, of the show. I always kind of like reset because I, okay. we should have I like lose a, track. We should have a track for that. We really it, it, should. Every, right? Honestly, every, now, every show. Now, resetting the clock or, with Philip Goffrey. What was yeah. the, 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 Loki, like the Loki show? We should do like a little, <laughs> totally like the, the, the little time. The, you could do like the, the PAG. Yeah, letters. exactly. Yeah. We, we probably should. I, I dig it. I dig it. But okay, but, but, but fill in some blanks for me. So on the timeline, so. You're done with school. You graduate college early, just like you did high school. Right. How did you wind up becoming the business owner that you are now? Because we're missing a huge chunk yeah, of this so, timeline. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I graduated college. I worked for a, I worked for, I, I actually worked for my supplier right now. So I worked for um, Benny Keith Foods um, and then got let go uh that was back in 2016 so that was when the government you know they uh they had increased the minimum salary requirement um if y'all remember that back in 2016 they had said that if your salary or exempt employee you have to make a certain amount well that would have given me a 10 grand pay bump and and the answer is you're fired correct so they, yeah, yeah, that was know, my biggest complaint about the whole thing was it looks so good for some politician to right. be like, oh, we're going to give people money. And well, all so, of a sudden employers you know, are going, we're going to lay off, you know, 5,000 people. Right. Well, yeah. so they let me go. Um, I, then I got a job for working for uh, Marriott Marquis downtown. I uh, grand opened that hotel. Uh, and then I got a job for a travel agency and I left there and then I worked for H-E-B. I was also growing my catering business at the same time. You know, I would set my schedule as a manager and I'd grow my catering business at the same time. Fast forward and I'm grand opening Meyerland and I have a certain standard of how my employees should and should not be treated. Anyways, one of my employees was harassed by one of my senior managers. and At HEB. Correct. And I went and told my manager, I said, because I witnessed what he said to her. I was standing three feet from her and I went in his office. I slammed the door and I said, you ever fucking talk to her like that again or any of my employees again, I'll have your ass laid out on the street. I fucking guarantee it. Good for you. And he didn't like that. I bet not. I, I would say he probably didn't take it no, he all that well. He didn't take it that well. Well, that's when they found, found out my catering company and they said that I was a direct compete. So they didn't really have any basis for this, right? They didn't, but it's because of the way I talked to him. Oh, okay. That so, he, so that he, was... But he said it was non-compete, and so anyways, sued them, I won. Good um, for you. And, you know, so fast forward, I want to own my own business. So February, you know, I'm doing great. I'm selling caterings. I'm working with corporate clients, Fortune 500 companies. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm hungry. My food's good. Give me a chance. And you're like, you're making all your own food. You got your Correct. people like running it to these venues. I'm doing everything. I'm running. And, and now, you. Is, so is this the this is the start of city sellers? So this is my Wolf and Wine. This is the oh Wolf the and Wolf and Wine. Brand. Okay, right. so this so, is pre pre city sellers. Right. Okay. This is the Wolf and Wine brand. Wolf and Wine came first. You okay. Know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? So this is Wolf and Wine. Okay. So from there, um, March rolls around, and I'm wondering, you know, how can I do better at catering? How can I do, how can I get more customers? How can I be competitive? So I Google catering trade show or catering lessons, right? And I find 
there's a conference and it's in Vegas. It's called Cater Source. I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to learn all I can about catering. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I fly into Vegas, March 11th, 2020. That is the day Donald Trump made his address that COVID was real. So I started doing family meal prep. I started doing, you know, all sorts of different things. So fast forward to June, I said, this is the time where I can get my own catering facility. This is the time where I can build out my kitchen. This is the time where I can. I love I can, that. I can use this downtime to my advantage versus regular times. You're losing money right now. You're just spending money because you're not making any money because no one can gather. No one can do anything in, right. in groups, right? I love that. I mean, so, wh- who, who makes the most money during any recession? All the lions that have the capital to buy in and like exactly. buy up stock yeah. and everything, of course. Right. That, and so that's a wonderful decision. Congratulations. I, yeah. I, to you. I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to do this, whether or not you approve. So I told my parents, you know, I'm like, I'm meeting with the real estate broker. I, I hi- interviewed a couple. I hired one. I told them, I want a catering kitchen. I don't want a restaurant. I want a catering kitchen. We found this one place in the museum district where I'm at now. And the original deal was the kitchen was for rent because the front of house was going to be an ice cream parlor and they didn't need the kitchen. So it worked out perfectly. Okay. It was a, it was a second generation restaurant. It was a restaurant that it was a Korean chicken wing place. They had closed. So the kitchen was fully built, had a walk-in freezer, the vent hood, the most expensive parts of any kitchen. The front of house was supposed to be an ice cream parlor. So we signed the letter of intent. We signed the lease. Every, or we go, you know, we negotiate all these things. We go to sign the lease. And the landlord says, hey, so the ice cream shop bailed out. And so I ended up with the front of house, that 1,100 square feet in the kitchen. So I'm sitting, standing in the front, and I'm just like, what the fuck am I going to do with this <laughs> I got way too much space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can and serve ice cream. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. now this is where City Sellers is born. I claimed the Facebook page, City Sellers HTX, in March of 20. The idea was never to have a restaurant. But I was like, you know what? A wine bar would be cool. Yeah. Because I see how wine unites people. I see how food unites people. And that goes back to my travels in the Middle East and everything, you know, and all of that. So let me um, ask you this. Let me interrupt you for one second. While you are kind of building out the idea and the pandemic is still raging on, are you now staging Wolf and Wine out of that kitchen? Or yes. is it just you are? Okay. Yeah, so Wolf and Wine. So So you, you have know, so you have Wolf and Wine kind of running right now while the concept of City Cellars is developing. Yeah, we were cooking out of City Cellars. Got it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we were cooking out as soon as my equipment came in, we were working at a out of a commissary before. As soon as City Sellers, as soon as my equipment came in, we started turning, you know, we're like, all right, let's go. I love you know, that. that's got to make it easy, though, for concept if you are, like with a catering business, if you are wanting to, if you have the space and wanting to transform the restaurant, that I feel like that would make it kind of an easy thing because you're you're able to to play around with concepts of, of food and stuff as a catering company before right. before you even get into, you know, this is going to be a restaurant. Right. So I, I feel like you kind of had a leg up going into that. No, definitely. Okay, so so... We have the kitchen now for City Cellars, but City Cellars does not exist yet, and the pandemic is rolling on. Correct. When did you decide this needs to be a restaurant? So I think that was, you know, we signed the lease August 7th, and... August 7th of 
2020. Was 20. Okay. And so at that particular point, COVID had kind of gone down. You know, COVID was kind of relaxed. And so you're feeling there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. This we're, is a good time. You know, we're feeling there's light at the end of the tunnel. I want to bring people together, you know, and so that's where City Cellars was born from, is I want to bring people together from good wine, good food, and good experiences. And, you know, that goes back to the old days of Wolf and Wine, because I started out doing wine dinners in my townhouse. You know, that that's old old wolf and wine you know that's the if you ever need a relapse of of old wolf and wine we can do one right here on this know, table you know, <laughs> we can just, just you know, keep bringing some stuff listen, out but <laughs> that is how wolf and wine got started you know i've been a rodeo i've been a volunteer on the houston rodeo for five six years now um for the wine garden committee and they found out i can cook and they're like shit this skinny guy can cook and i'm like all right what's up Right. And so I said, you know what? I'll make you some food. What's right. up? But like I met too many amazing people from the wine garden and I was like, I don't see y'all damn near enough, you know? And so I'm going to bring us together. So I started doing wine dinners at my house, three course dinners, four course dinners paired with wines. Oh, we did filet mignons, you know? Yeah. I, I would literally do these dinners for $45 a head. Well, did you get that a lot when they look at you and you're like, I, I, I own a restaurant? And they're like, you are tiny. How how so, do you love food? How okay. is it? You know, do, do people my, look at you like that? <laughs> my my favorite, like, being skinny type story that I have. So I remember I used to drive an F-150 King Ranch, and I was towing my friend's barbecue pit. It is a— That's, like a, that's a big truck. It's a 28-foot-long barbecue pit. Um I love smoke. the UN truck, and he went right back to the like, rig he's towing. So it, it's, <laughs> yeah. He's like, damn right, we're towing twenty eighteen. Right. All big, but no, I mean, this thing it is a thirteen thousand pound barbecue pit. Yeah, yeah. It is too legit like, steel, just, like, just solid it, steel. Right, but it is. I mean, it is massive. All right, so I come to this gas station in the east end of downtown, and I drive in because I'm getting gas for me for the truck because you know this thing is eating all yeah, my gas. By the way, you had the right truck for the the job, right? But there's this family. I mean, they're overweight obese they're literally they're in like a toyota camry like a beat up car and literally they're like i mean it, it could not be more of a sitcom like they're eating like back like a bag of funyuns or a bag of doritos like uh, and they're just like <laughs> i'm a big now now it's now i pull up next to the pump right i whip my trunk around i whip my truck around i bring the i bring it up to the pump and i i get out and literally i'm not joking in the most Alabama like accent you can ever imagine. It's just like, what's this skinny motherfucker doing with this? <laughs> and I am absolutely dying. I'm like, Daniel, in, in, in your, you have to understand, great. like in, in in their minds, you they, came out with a parachute, and just float down. They're like, they see me get out of this massive truck, which the massive truck by itself is one thing, but then they see me towing the pick that I literally call Big Daddy, and they're like, the fuck? Please, please tell me that you just stuck the thing, the 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 pump handle right into the tank, and you went. Sup? <laughs> no, li 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 I would love that. Literally, I, I put the I put the pump in the in, you know in the gas tank, and I'm like, skinny boys can cook too, baby. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's oh. better. Like, that's mean, better. Like, he went right for the jugular. The, like, he went yeah. the, the mic drop when, moment. No, that was like, like a dart. When I, when I tell you, it was like Honey Boo Boo staring at me. I believe it. Like it was like, who it, is it, this? It was, it was Honey Boo Boo plus her entire. Entourage. Right. Yeah, entourage. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was staring. So, no, meanwhile, but, meanwhile, Honey Boo got school, and she's like, on ship. 
Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. No, but it was, I mean, absolutely hilarious. That's my, my favorite I story. I love that. So, okay. So, so when you do this and, and, then, and then when uh, you realize during the pandemic, okay, this can be an actual. This can be an actual concept. An this actual can actually thing. be a business. This can be viable. You know, and, I, and the hard part is here's the, no one was investing in restaurants. No one's investing right. in. Food. Yeah, exactly. No one is investing in hospitality because guess what? The entire hospitality business came to a halt. Yeah. If you don't got gather, dollar, don't like travel, blown don't, away. don't go out to eat, don't spend time with yeah, others. Yeah. Everyone was that telling is, you, you can't that, do anything. That, that yeah. is the entire hospitality business, right? So the amount of friends I have that are laid Worldwide. off. Correct. It doesn't matter where. Yeah. Is, Theaters are still right. suffering from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Worldwide. And so it's like. Give me a chance. I don't give a shit what's going on. Give me a chance. That's where City Cellars was born from, right? So City Cellars came from kind of those three principles. I want fresh food. I want to support the underdog. And I want to bring pe people together. Um, now, I also wanted an Instagrammable restaurant. I knew that, look, from a business perspective, there is no better marketing than free marketing. All right? So... Every wall on my restaurant, when you see it on the internet, you know it's my restaurant. Every single selfie that's taken I, I've is read free the, marketing. Yeah, I've I've read that your restaurant is considered one of the most Instagrammable spots in Houston. So yeah, no, it you know, and the thing is, it's that's on you purpose. You achieved it. All right, so you throw an amazing background with amazing food, right? Yeah, and good service, and boom. And and not only and speaking from experience, the food and the service was was fantastic. And and yeah. and thank you. Uh, you know, I I will I will say we now we went for brunch, but I will say the sriracha mac and cheese balls. Speaking of mac and cheese, were very good. That Daniel uh, let us was so gracious to let us try because we didn't order that. That was wonderful. Uh, we really appreciate that because we really enjoyed that. I yeah, love the absolutely. spice on that. That was great. Um, but you guys can go and find out if you want to go to city, go to City Cellars. Um, htx.com that's houstontexas.com um, or just google city sellers houston texas and you can check out the drink specials the brunch specials uh, you know the what's going on there, there was a there that was a dj me. there yes yeah, so that, that reminds me we have something really exciting coming out oh ooh, so, tell us um i'm not sure if you know but we now do brunch every day of the week we're open so we do brunch Wednesday through Sunday, and it's our full brunch menu. You know, a lot of restaurants in Houston do a brunch for lunch with, like, four or five items, right? Mm -hmm. We do our full brunch menu. You want Eggs Benedict? Done. You want, you know, chicken and waffles? Done. You want omelets? You know, you don't want shrimp and grits? Everything is made from scratch in our kitchen. We are a 100% scratch kitchen. Love it. And so that is something that really highlights us. But we're getting ready to launch our brunch happy hour. And that is going to be absolutely insane. So, oh our, wow, our brunch happy hour. Wow, you just said two words that I, or three words that I, <laughs> that I actually that are ringing in my ears so, right now. I've, I've never <laughs> heard Wednesday, it in conjunction. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, so, Wednesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. As long as you buy an entree, eight dollar brunch cocktails, twenty dollar mimosa crafts, twenty dollar rosé crafts, four dollar beers, twenty dollar buckets. 
Well, I can I mean, safely say there might be one day this week that we might not be when, going to work. I can <laughs> safely say I'm Ubering or lifting home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, no, when, right? Whichever day that is. But that is yeah. 10 a.m. to noon, Wednesday through Friday. And and if you guys, again, for our listeners and our viewers, we will put the links in our episode description so you can make sure if you want to check them out. But, but right in the museum district over there, City Cellars, Houston, Texas, find them. It's, it's really great. Um, but... I know you've gone not just with the struggles with with the pandemic and stuff. I know personally you've had some other struggles within getting the restaurant and everything going on. Absolutely. What what has been going on with you with that? I mean, you are in good health. Um, I you know yeah, for so, our viewer, okay. Um, definitely in good health now. So for those that don't know, um, back in February of twenty two, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, um, and. That was, you know, a kick in the chest. Um, as somebody who lives and breathes their business venture, I'm there every day. And when I tell you we're closed two days a week, I'm there every day. You know, at some point on our days we're closed, I'm there. Um, it was, I mean, it was a shock. So fast forward, you know, we get my mom, you know, she works with me. She gets me into the doctors, all of that. We see my oncologist, all of that. And about two weeks later, I bring, I take my management staff to lunch and I say, hey guys, you know, I, um, y'all are going to want to order a drink for this. There's not an easy way to say this. Um, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I don't know how bad it is yet. I don't know where we're at. I don't know what's, I don't know what we're having. I don't know. I don't know anything. That was probably the most challenging thing, you know, and that was, I remember obviously crying, breaking down, losing whatever mental, you know, strength I had. But I, I, I remember I called um, one of my line cooks who was from day one. I mean, when I say day one, he ripped the plastic off the windows with me when we grand opened love that yeah like he is my day one right i called my bar manager who's one of my i call her my day one she's like day 14 mm -hmm. like you know i call her one of my day one she's one of my best friends right and i said you know she quit i said can you come back i need help yeah great i'll be there in an hour you know i mean when i tell you the way i treat people as an employer and the way i treat people as a person I didn't have to ask. It was more like, I need help. Cool. When? And, and I love, I love that you had so um, much support and, and, and that. And so I told them, you know, I, t I told them straight up. I'm like, this is what's going They didn't even care. They were just like, yeah, you're asking for help. Sure. When? Where? Okay, yeah. Cool. What do I wear? All right. Cool. Same pay. Well, in the oh, system, you and, know, and it was just, they're still there. You know, they, they not just while I was through treatment, through all of that, but they're still there. You know, I can call them. I'm like, Hey, yo, I'm short of line cook. You good? Yeah. Come on. You know, my bar manager, she's been with me, you know, since the beginning. She took a little break, but I said, hey, I need help. I she's there. Um, and you know, I think that just goes to show the way I treat my team, the way I treat my employees, you know, and just when you're honest with your team, when you respect your team, when you empower them, they'll fight to the end of the earth for, for you. 
I, I love that. And, and so, so tell us, tell us and our listeners right now, I mean, where, where are you with the treatment? Are you, are you um, clear for now? Or are you good? Are, are, are things you? okay? Yeah. So right now I am considered cancer free. Um, I love oh, congratulations. So luckily. Um, it's huge. You know, very, very blessed for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're going to keep having good vibes for you. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah so consider cancer. I just had a checkup uh, after Labor Day. So cancer free, you know, ultrasound labs came back great. Um, on a little bit of medicine right now for some thyroid, you know, issues. Um, but as far as, you know, otherwise, I'm doing really well. Um, the hardest part for me is I never really, I guess, estimated or realized how much this would take out of me. So mm. I used to be able to work 18-hour days straight. You know, I used to be able to work 18, 20-hour days straight. No questions asked. You know, now I wash dishes or I exert myself physically, you know, for two hours. I get lightheaded. I have to sit down. Mm. You know, it. so it, it, it's kind of an adjustment period of that. Okay. Um, but other than that, you know, it's, look, I, it, I, I, I like to joke, look, COVID didn't kill me. Cancer didn't kill me. Car accident didn't kill me. Lawsuit didn't kill me. Bitch, I got five more lives. Let's go. <laughs> I, I love that attitude. And actually, I love it. 100%. I, 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 was, I just wanted to ask you this. It, it, like in in kind of in a short kind of sentence, if you had to give somebody some advice that kind of comes across, um, you know, because obviously we know there's lots of different forms of cancer and and people struggle with it in many different ways. But if you could offer something to somebody that that hears that news because uh, you know from where you are now what would you what would you say to them i think two things you know one is first it's okay to scream it's okay to cry it's okay to yell it's okay to, it's okay to sell say fuck at the top of your lungs you know it's okay to it is okay to melt down you know build yourself a support system um the support system i had was incredible I mean, from panic attacks at two in the morning to, you know, calling my best friend to, I mean, days where I would just get pissed drunk on the couch to, you know, it's just, I think you develop a support system, you develop a team. Second thing I would say, cancer is nothing more than a wall. You know, just like a bank not funding you is a wall. And the best thing I can tell you is knock it the fuck down. I, if, I, if, I think that's well said. If you can't knock it down, go around it. Dig under it. Blow it up. Go Get left. Get around the wall. Go right. Get around it. Go, I like you that. know, That's great. Jump out of a plane. Go over it. Figure it out. Get around the wall. So I, I first of all, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you are doing well. Yeah, and absolutely. and you know, cancer is cannot be easy. I, I obviously we don't know what that's like, and, and obviously it is a major challenge. But would you say that's the biggest challenge right now that you've had to to deal with, especially with with the business? Uh, um, I know maybe personally that might be at no, least think, up there. I think personally, um, it's probably. My one of my toughest challenges I faced, but when it comes to the business, you know, look, my employees, like, I mean, my employees, they are like, have you eaten? Have you slept? Have you had water? I mean, they literally are on my ass about taking care of myself. They like, love you. That's yeah, great. Right. No, but like, they are like, like, if I tell, like, 
if I take too long to answer the question, have you eaten? Literally, like, what's wrong with you? No, but like, <laughs> li- literally, they'll come out with the plate from food from the kitchen five minutes later. They're like, you didn't answer my question, so eat. I'm like, I'm not hungry. They're like, shut up and eat. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, but I think um, the most the challenging- goal to strive to exactly. right there. You know, yeah. The most challenging thing that we've had is really the, the shift in people. So when we first opened- um, I'll be honest, I was terrified of the public. You know, you see the South Park episode about Yelpers. And I was terrified that, you know, it's like you see a small independent business and it's the middle of a pandemic. Everyone's broke, you know, because everyone's laid off. So you're thinking that everyone's going to leave you a bad review, blah, 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 so that, you know, they can get a free meal, this, that, right? right? And it's like, we didn't have that issue. But over the last two months, three months, our comps and our discounts have been through the roof. And I mean, when I tell you some of the excuses that people give us for comps, like they're like, I thought this came with chicken wings. Well, we saw an image on Google that had chicken wings. And I'm like, okay, but does the menu say that? No, because we reprinted it. And that's a personal photo. You know, that's not a restaurant endorsed photo. So sorry you feel that way, but it says on our menu, juicy butter, buttermilk fried chicken. Doesn't say anything about a wing. You know, if you were wondering what cut of chicken it came with, that's a question that you should have asked. Or um, we have reservations. You know, we now charge $25 per head for cancellations within four hours on the weekends because of how busy we are. Well, and, and you know, I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I agree with you. I, I think there is a lot of that, and it's, it's yeah. not just, I mean, I, I've seen it in, you know, it, it, all kinds of places. I mean, not even just restaurants, but but at the same time, I also feel that when, like, when some of these reviews, when people put this stuff, like, I ordered an eggs Benedict, and they, you know, and they wouldn't give me scrambled eggs. Right. I, most people that you're gonna want at your restaurant is gonna know that that's that, that, that's right. not correct. But right. so, <laughs> you know, over the well, review, so yeah. Here's the one thing that is very frustrating. We try to respond to reviews because we I and. I want to say probably half of the reviews I respond to personally because, again, I'm there every day. I know who, what's going on, right? And, you know, we want to deliver that personal level of service. And, but at the same time, sometimes it just comes off argumentative. And it's like, no, you weren't told to leave. You were told to leave because you were being rude to my staff and cussing them out. That's why you were told to leave, not because, you know, you didn't tip them, you know, or things like that. And so it's, you know, it's, constantly a struggle of do i respond to this review or I mean, maybe maybe doing like a like a general one statement that for anything like that that you know it's, it's kind of like that that well I, I call it the take the, the step back statement yeah we're, exactly. we're sorry so, you feel this way but this is how our operation runs at the highest level see, boom so and then just be done we've tried that and you know the issue is look i believe that everyone deserves a personal response because you know Fair what? enough you are not him Fair enough. You are not him, right? Your 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 experience is not his experience. So I try to really personally tailor that, and I say, you know what? The reason why your reservation was canceled was because you were thirty five minutes late and didn't call. So I'm sorry that I know this was your birthday, and I know that you booked two weeks ahead of time. Unfortunately, our policy is fifteen minute grace period, and we require eighty eighty percent to be sat. So because of that. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, and again, I I think that that just needs to be something like yeah. 
that people understand that you, you can't just yeah. book something and show up whenever. So I, I, I don't think that you're in the wrong no, by any no, means. Frankly, there, I, so. I applaud you for it. Yeah. I mean, you should it, have standards. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, the hard part, I think, as an independent restaurateur is from growing up, you're, you're taught the customer is always right. And from our perspective, it is the customer is mostly right, but a lot of times they are wrong. And it's our job to educate them, you know, on this is not an ex-Benedict. That's, I, you know, I like that, is, educate. That, I think that's the key word. But with that education comes a little bit more education for our listeners. And yeah. that's our neighborly advice. So let's educate a little bit more. Do you yeah. have any neighborly advice for, for everyone out there? Um, absolutely. So I would say, first of all, support your local businesses. You know, if you are, let's say you're craving Tex-Mex, you know, don't just go to any national chain. Don't, 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 don't go to Taco Bell. Go to, you know, don't go to a, a, you know, a huge chain. Go to a restaurant that maybe only has one location where it's the same guy working behind the counter every day. You know, go and support them. Um, second is, I personally think everyone should work in service industry for a minimum of six months out of their life. Um, and you know, that is just a, you do not know stupidity or how people treat each other until you work in service or retail. And you know, I don't care if you've had the worst day imaginable. I don't care if you got, you know, bad medical news, got divorced and got in a car accident all in the same day. That does not give you the reason to yell and belittle someone. You know, that's still a person. They had nothing to do with anything that happened to you previously. Um, go and treat them with respect because that is a personal reflection on who you are as a person, not your circumstances. Uh, and it goes, it goes, that goes a long way. You know, because we go, don't know what people are no, going but like, through. You know what? Look, I can tell if you're drinking three double Jack and Cokes. I can tell you probably had a shit day. Yo, what's going on? You good? Then you can unload on the bartender and be like, no, dude, I got a <laughs> ticket. I got this. My wife divorced me, blah, blah, blah. Hi, shit, dude. Your, your, your drinks are on me, you know? <laughs> but like, treat people like people. You know, I love have, a, have a conversation. Get to know people, all of that. Um, and I would say just be humble where you go. You know, I mean... I think that's, and I, I, I speak to that personally because a lot of people, my face is over the internet. My face is over the news a lot recently. And so I go to restaurants and they're like, oh my God, Daniel from City Cellars is here. And I'm like, please, please, please. No special treatment. I'm just happy to eat. dude. <laughs> like I, I, I'm literally just happy to eat and get a table. Like leave me alone. You know, I don't want the chef to come out. I don't want, you know, I want to have an authentic experience you know, but like humble yourself. Like, yeah, you're a VP of a five, fortune 500 company. Guess what? No one cares. Right. Yeah. I think, like, I think we all can relate to that. You know, like it's, people it's, want to be treated like people, no matter what yeah. their status. No, people want to be treated like people. And that's just a basic principle. You know, it's, you know, I may not like, and I always say this for me, like I may not respect you enough to do business with you, but I will respect you enough to acknowledge you and treat you like a person. 
Well, always. And, and we appreciate that and respect you for spending your time and so much Indeed. of your time with us. No, absolutely. I mean, it is so fantastic. Make sure you guys go and check out Daniel's uh, place, his, his City Cellars, Texas, Houston, Texas. So that's at, and all the episode. Let me say that again. All of the information are going to be in the episode description so you guys can get all that info. If not, you can contact us, emailing us at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. You know, but Daniel, I want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you all for having me again. Man, this was a blast. I mean, we could we could have been here all night. Indeed. All the tongue twists aside, take a look at the episode description for everything to find city sellers, to find Daniel, to find all of his endeavors, and Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, give us some likes, check out podinbox.com slash neighbors don't knock to leave some words of wisdom. For That's the show. right. And remember, we uh, drop new episodes every Friday. We'll catch you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>